Hello, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 662. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage and handling. I've got music, I've got letters, and a very strong message from the Lord. Uh, right now, let's pray. Father, anoint this service. Anoint uh, the reading of your word, the testimonies, and the music. Open every soul, and let uh, I pray that you'll make them aware that we're saved by every word that proceeds from the mouth of you, the living God. Destroy Satan, Lord. I see you doing that all over the world now. Put a stop to all these false religions. Cause people to be saved because we're to preach the gospel to them that they, you came into the world to save sinners. Not to condemn, but you, because uh, the world was already condemned, you came that when, if people believed in what you say, that they would be saved. And if they believe, they're going to do what you say. Lord, destroy every work of Satan, rebuke Satan, bind him. For whatsoever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. And uh, let us loose, Lord, to preach your word. Open doors for us, big ones, and close every door to Satan. In Jesus' name I pray that the church will be strengthened and the souls will be saved. In Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. Amen. All right. Now, the great speckled bird. This is a song that's been in the Christian realm for many years is talking about this bird, the Holy Spirit, that has every kind of uh, race in it. Red people, yellow people, black people, white people, beige people, brown ones, and even us green ones, the Jews, olive-skinned. And this is myself with the Jordanaires to sing for you the great speckled bird. What a beautiful thought I am thinking Concerning the great speckled bird Remember her name is recorded On the pages of God's holy word Desiring to lower her standard They watch every move that she makes They love to find fault with her teaching But really they find no mistake I am glad that I learned of her meekness. I am glad that my name is on her book. For I want to be one, never fearing. 
upon the face of our Savior to look when he comes descending from heaven on a cloud as he rides in his blood I'll be joyfully carried up to meet him on the wings of that great speckled bird on the wings of that great speckled bird praise the lord all right, Sharon, do you have some letters, or Michelle, either one? Yes, from Petaluma, California. All right, let's hear it. Dear Pastor Lamo, I don't know how to start except by praising the Lord for all I have by Him. My life has changed drastically ever since I came to the church by the hand of God in Los Angeles two and a half years ago. The Holy Spirit has been working and refining me for a long time now. And the reason for my letter is because I am ready to serve the Lord under your leadership and wish to do so at your church. You see, sir, for two years now I have been sleeping in the living room floor ever since I came back from the church because my wife Cindy has been persecuting me much, as I count it a blessing. After praying to the Lord for many days to show me what's happening here with Cindy, last night she lost all control and cursed me and the Lord again, throwing her Bible from the ministry on the table and in the process telling me that she hated the Lord and me and didn't want to be seen with me anymore in public because she is afraid I would evangelize any chance I would get. It's been more than two years since her or her family has invited me to do anything, holidays or not. She has separated from me, but in the process would sit for a message or to hear me read and preach from the Bible, which it turns out was just a front for her infidelity. Over Christmas, I had nowhere to celebrate except in my garage, where I listened to the messages loud for the whole neighborhood to hear, and she cursed me pretty bad. So bad, in fact, that I told her the Bible says in Genesis that those that curse you will be cursed, and those that bless you will be blessed. I didn't realize she was acting out and projecting guilt for her infidelity until just last week, or last night. It became very clear she was trying to get me to sin. Two of her family members dropped dead over Christmas, and she pretty much shut her mouth since and seemed to have submitted herself, but it turns out it was a front. It happened again last night. She has accused you and me of being paranoid and such, because every time the Lord shows me through the Bible what she is doing, she flips out. That's how I know it's true. I came here from Buffalo to join with her before I was truly saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit. I've stood here because the Lord showed me to take a stand, and I have never backed down from any Antichrist, which is what she has become. Now I have to leave our home of 15 years because, as Rick told me, my spirit is stagnant here, and I have many more enemies than friends because I preach exactly what you teach me, against the Pope, the Catholic doctrine, and all the Antichrist people, and it makes a lot of people very uncomfortable in my community, being it's 60% homosexual in the town I live. The church that I was in three years ago kicked me out because of my conviction to tell them that they were wrong to bring their wives on the altar in front of the whole congregation and apologize to them for putting the Lord first. That's when I came to your church the first time, and it was the greatest experience of my life. 
I wanted to come to the church before, but could not. And now I don't have a car or a way to get to L.A. to serve the Lord. I live just north of San Francisco in Petaluma. I have many skills by trade to offer the ministry as I am a handyman and have a pretty good education. That is, until I was attacked at the college I went to because I am part of this ministry. And I quit there when it became evident that I wanted to study through your ministry. Now I'm stuck with one choice, to go to the Catholic mission or, with your permission, to come to your church to serve the Lord. You have my permission to come here and serve the Lord. I can't know what else. I no longer want to stay here with the person who says she loves me, but actually has been trying to undermine me all along. And I have to say my love for her and believe in the Lord wants me to shine his light on her. You have prophesied very much in my life, and the Lord uses me very much to work, but I don't feel like I can be any more effective in my community. Like I know how I can be in the body of Christ there in the Holy Lama Ministries. No one here has had the class to help me fix my car, and that has changed my life, being I have a disability. My disc was removed from my lower back, which makes it so I can't walk more than a day without having to rest for a couple of in-between. So now I hand out literature in front of my house and witness and testify of your anointing to everyone I know and study as much as I can. I pray more than ever now that you will find it a blessing to have me work for you under your wings, as I don't know how to do it anymore here by myself. I've done all I can here, and it's time for me to grow more. But no one has had the ability to teach me like you have. I don't know what my position is in the body, and I hope and pray you will find a place in the body for me, even if it's answering phones, driving, or fixing stuff, as I went to trade school as a young boy. In and out of homes as a youth, I was sexually abused as a young man at the hands of the Catholic Church. Ah, uh-uh, there we go. Maybe you ought to call the Pope up, and uh, he's been handing out $2 billion to call the dogs off, um, and also people like yourself that have been abused. He just wants to pay people off. And really, they... Um, have all the money that comes into the coffers of the Internal Revenue Service, so it shouldn't be much uh, uh, to have him give you some restitution for the evil that they have done to you. Okay, then what? I preach strongly against the Catholics because God told me that's my strength. As I did not try to get any money when I could have from the church, because I knew people who did can't talk about it like I do every time I get a chance to. I wrote an email the last time you were prophesying because there was stuff popping off left and right here every time you were preaching when I play you in my garage. There is so much I want to say, but the most important thing I can say is I am ready to submit myself to your ministry wholeheartedly. I write you in love, as you have been there for me more than anybody ever has, connecting the dots for me, leading me. Now I want more than ever to be there for good. By the grace of God, I pray this can finally be your servant in him, Tom Capilano from Petaluma, California. Yeah, there's certain people that know uh, people that are of the Lord. As a matter of fact, in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 23, it states, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days, the last days it shall come to pass, that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you 
for we have heard that God is with you. And God really is with me. You can tell uh, because of the experiences I've had. The Lord told me, you've got five minutes to get out of here uh, or you'll be killed. And I told everybody, let's go. Five minutes. We've got two and a half minutes to get out of here. So we just rolled everything up in uh, <clears throat> the quilts of where we were staying in Las Vegas at a very nice apartment house. And... Um, we got out of there, and there was two people, a man and wife, that didn't want to go. They said, we'll stay here and guard the jackets. I had a bunch of jackets in there, literally uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of them in boxes. They were the rhinestone jackets that I got very famous for doing. And within just minutes, here comes the goon squad, the Catholic FBI, and they started shoving a gun down this man's throat. A lot of people say we resemble each other. And uh, he kept saying, I'm not Tony, I'm not Tony. And so they didn't kill him. But God is with me because he tells me of things that are going to happen. And they do happen. All right. Uh, we have another letter. From Chicago, Illinois. All right. Let's read that one. In Chicago, Illinois, Tori Sherrill is distributing the powerful gospel literature from the Tony Lamo Christian Ministries on the streets, in the hospitals, and nursing homes. And one old man who is a war veteran has been witnessed to daily by Tori. She has warned him of the severity of God and the necessity of getting saved so that he can escape the burning lake of fire and hell. Recently, they prayed together, and he repented of his sins. Tears were running down his face. He had been very bitter. Now all the bitterness was gone, and he was smiling ear to ear as he thanked and praised God for his salvation. Now he is telling everyone he sees, and in turn more souls are being saved. Tori says she is doing what she has been taught to do since she came to the Alamo Christian Church as a young girl in 1970. Quote, I was taught to fear God and keep his commandments to pray always and to read and study his word daily, to tell others that they must get saved and serve God if they want to go to heaven and not hell. All of these years I have never forgotten these truths for a moment. The only regret I have is listening to a liar and leaving the church when I could have been serving the Lord and growing in him. I am and will always be eternally grateful to Pastor Tony Lamo for his teachings. His messages keep me going. Tori Sherrill from Chicago, Illinois. Praise the Lord. Okay, Sharon, now we're going to read from the 16th chapter of Romans. So start out with, uh, we're at verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. Verse 4, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Verse 5, likewise greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epinetus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia unto Christ. Verse 6, greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Verse 7, salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. So the Apostle Paul is really making sure that the church is good, one to another, that they salute each other and to tell them, like, I send my love and all these uh and I'm praying for you and my fellow uh, 
prisoners who are uh, of note among the apostles. Prisoners, fellow prisoners. What does that mean? Well, there's uh, two kind of prisoners. You're either a prisoner of Satan or you're a prisoner of the Lord. And uh, you have to choose who you want to be the prisoner of. No, Christ paid the price for your soul by shedding his blood. That was the highest price that it could ever be in the entire universe to buy somebody's soul. We're bought, and we were bought for a price. And so we become his prisoners. Uh, does he make us know? You can break away from Christ and go uh, to become a prisoner of Satan. That's up to you. That's up to me. Uh, but whoever you're the prisoner of is the one that you're going to spend eternity with. If you're a prisoner of the Lord, you'll spend eternity with him. If you're a prisoner of Satan, you're going to spend eternity with him. I, I know who uh, is uh, my who I'm the prisoner of. I know that Christ is the one that I'm the prisoner of. He uh, has shown me that he loved me and gave him his life for me and that he uh, warns me and keeps me alive and he keeps me filled with his spirit and has given me gifts, gifts that are very important in order to be able to convert souls to Christ. And therefore, it's very important to be the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are the prisoners, uh, fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. What does it mean to be a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ? You're in his body. And if we know that if we get out of his body... If we become alive to the world again, alive to our own ways, that there's no possible way that we can get into the kingdom of heaven. And so we want to be a prisoner of the Lord. We want to be imprisoned in his body because he's the only one going to heaven and all those that are in the body of Christ with him. Okay, now verse 8, Sharon. Read Amplius, my beloved, in the Lord. Verse 9. So he's in the Lord. In other words, he's a prisoner also. Then what? Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ. And Stachys. Uh, our helper in Christ. Remember, all the ones that are helpers, they're in Christ. They can't be, be otherwise. They're not uh, a prisoner of Satan to go and do whatever they want to do out in the world. But they're in Christ, and they do what Christ does. They, they uh, let Christ live in them and work in, in and through them. Okay, then verse 10, Sharon. And Stachys, my beloved, verse 10, salute Apelles, approved in Christ. Salute them which are of Aristobulus's household. Verse 11, salute Herodian, my kinsman. Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord which are, again, in the Lord. Uh, in the Lord means that you're a prisoner of the Lord. You're imprisoned in his body. 
And if you're not, then you're a prisoner of Satan. I just have to keep saying that. Then what? Verse 12. Salute Tryphena and Tryphosa, who labor in the Lord. Who labor in the Lord. They uh, do, and the Lord is in them, and they do what the Lord says. That's Christian. Then what? Salute the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. In the Lord again. He's in the Lord. He's a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Verse 14. Salute Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermas, Patrobus, Hermes, and the brethren which are with them. Verse 15. And with them means that they're in the Lord. Okay, then what? Salute Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus and all the saints which are with them. Saints. They couldn't be saints if they weren't in the Lord. Then what? Verse 16. Salute one another with an holy kiss. Holy kiss means, you know, praise the Lord, something like that. You don't kiss each other. Then what? Uh, with the, the kind of kiss that people give kisses. Then what? The churches of Christ salute you. Verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Verse 18. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Yeah, so it shows that these are people that are not in Christ. They are uh, prisoners of Satan. Then what? Verse 19. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Now the God of peace means that you, because you're in Christ, have peace with God. The wrath of God is no longer on you. Then what? Satan under your feet shortly. Then the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The power be, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be with you. Amen. Verse 21. Timotheus, my workfellow, and Lucius, and Jason, and Sosipater, my kinsman, salute you. Verse 22. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. The reason he wrote the epistle is because the Apostle Paul had very bad eyesight. When the Lord uh, appeared to him with a bright light on the road to Damascus, uh, it was so bright that scales came upon the eyes of Paul because he was had 20-20 vision, but then the Lord, but he did couldn't see the Lord. The Lord wanted him to have 20-20 spiritual vision, which the Lord gave him, but he blinded him almost. He was, uh, I, today they call it legally blind like I am who um, wrote this epistle for the Apostle Paul. I salute you in the Lord, he says. Then what? Verse 23. Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church, saluteth you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you, and Quartus, a brother. Verse 24. The grace of our Lord the Jesus... The power of our Lord Jesus... Christ, be with you all. Amen. Verse 25. Now to him that is of power, 
to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Verse 26, But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God. See, right here it tells you that the um, uh, now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets. Now all these people that say, that the Old Testament is done away with. How could you know what the the mystery was uh, by the scriptures of the prophets if you didn't read the Old Testament, if it wasn't valuable, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Well... If you have faith, you're obedient to the Lord. If you're not, you say, well, the Old Testament is done away with. But right here it says that you have to study the prophets, Moses and the prophets. Then what? Verse 27. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. All right. Now, um, we're going to go into the book of uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, why do members of my church not agree with one another? Well, it's because they don't know the Bible well enough to know that we have to agree with God, not with uh, one another. Uh, we should know the Bible well enough to where we do agree with God, one of another. Does God expect me to have total faithfulness in marriage? Does he? Total faithfulness. Uh, am I supposed to have a spiritual gift? All these things are brought out in the um, uh, in the, this book. So about A.D. 55, God led Paul to answer questions like this. God answers these kind of questions. Um at the church of Corinth was raising and to uh, those are the questions they were raising and to deal with the problems the church faced okay now we're going to go into chapter 1 verse 1 states Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. Verse 2, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. I remember when I was going to Israel, I was on the, a boat or a ship, a ship called um, the Saul Olympia. And we went through the Corinth Canal. I'll never forget that. When I read the Bible, I remember all these places I was. And then we went to Corinth also later. Um, to them that are sanctified, separated from the world. No TVs. Our minds strictly on the Lord. Um, not much sports, bodily exercise, profits little. It profiteth little in Christ Jesus. Called to be saints. 
All right. With all that in every place call upon the name of who? All those of us that call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Both theirs and ours. Verse 3. Grace or power be unto you and peace between you and God. From God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Sharon, start reading, please. Verse 4. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace, power of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ. Verse 5. That in everything ye are enriched by him. In all utterance. In everything? Yes, everything. Go ahead. In all utterance and in all knowledge. Verse 6. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Verse 7. How is the testimony of Christ confirmed in people? Because they do what he says. And you can uh, you know that they're in him and you can feel it by the Holy Spirit when they're speaking. Then what? Verse 7. So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it is right for us to have gifts. Amen? Amen. Any church that the people don't have gifts, they're, uh, they're way behind the times. Everyone is supposed to have a gift. Then, verse 8, we have the gift of eternal life, but we need gifts to help us in our winning of souls. So, uh, it is manifested to everyone that we are in the Lord and the Lord is in us. Verse 8. Who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in what the day. What does it mean to confirm you? It's confirmed. The Bible plainly says that those that believe these signs shall follow them. They will speak in other tongues, and it goes on to mention several of the other gifts. Amen? Amen. So, uh, Jesus Christ who shall also confirm you unto the end. He'll give you these gifts where you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You will uh, speak to those that are dead and they'll rise up. You will cast out devils and all these other gifts that you have that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, does that mean if we don't have gifts, we will be blamed? Yes. If you want to be blameless, then you have to seek and receive a gift from the Lord, such as that. Verse 9, Sharon. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, now the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, means Jesus had gifts. He could cast out devil. So, uh, and he could raise the dead, and he would um, heal all the sick. So God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship. Now, if you're fellowshipping, you have fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, then you have the same gifts that he had. Now, this is deep, isn't it? Amen. Okay, so people that don't have gifts... It's because you're watching Dancing with the Stars or this uh, these contests and stuff on TV, and you're more 
uh, instead of seeking for gifts, you're into that sort of garbage. Verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. Well, what do you mean, speak this? In other words, all of you know the word so much that you're preaching and speaking the Lord's words, the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Well, I thought we're not supposed to judge. Well, we're to know the word of God so well that we can judge all things by the word of God. That's not our judgment. That's God's judgment. Verse 11, Sharon. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Verse 12. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Verse 13. Is Christ divided? No, Christ has one body, and that's it. And there's no divisions in that body. You must be one. It's one body. Then what? Was Paul crucified for you? No, he wasn't. Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? No, uh, you were not, and I'm not, I wasn't that. I was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then what? Verse 14, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Verse 15, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. Verse 16, and I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. Verse 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Right. Not so, baptizing, uh, just about anybody could do that if they're saved. But uh, we've all been called, Paul was, to preach the gospel, and the rest of you are to back him up. Not with uh, wisdom of words or eloquent speeches, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. In other words, there's good speakers like Hitler, uh, the Pope, all kinds of good speakers, but um, that's wisdom of um, this world. It's wisdom of uh, people that put words together very well. But that isn't what uh, we've been called to do. Because if we are very eloquent, doesn't necessarily mean that we're not of the Lord, but it's not with the wisdom of words. Uh, because we just preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because if we don't do that, then the crosses of, uh, of Christ should be made of no effect. It wouldn't have any effect on you. But we're preaching Christ uh, who went to the cross and uh, died, and then he resurrected. He was buried, went to hell, was and uh, came back into that tomb. Uh, got into his body again, his mortal body, which was actually became 
immortal for the preaching of the cross, verse 18, is to them that perish, foolishness. So when we preach the cross to people, it's like the man's wife starts yelling and screaming at him. And what I would have done is taken her over my knee and spanked her real hard. And then I would have asked her to leave my house if she wouldn't repent. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. It's like a comic book to them. It's stupidity to them. They're because they don't believe in God. A fool has said in his heart, there's no God. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. There is no other power than of God. Only he can resurrect your dead, filthy, or nothing life from the dead. Okay, verse 19, Sharon. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Right. You just look at these faceless men uh, and women in this world. They're just expounding, you know, about who's going to be present and who's not going to be. What doesn't sense it make? They're all blind and lost. Uh, they're just, it's going to get worse and worse, and the Lord's going to make them pay for it. For it is written, I, God, will destroy the wisdom of the wise. They're wise in their own conceits and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. So those that are say they're prudent without Christ, they're nothing. God says you're nothing and you die nothing. You were born nothing and you're going to die nothing. Okay, verse 20, Sharon. Where is the wise? Where? I don't see any wise people in this world, with the exception of those that fear God. Actually, the fear of the Lord is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of the Lord is wisdom. So, where is the wise? The wise are only found in the body of Christ. Where is the scribe, the ones that write anything that's of any value? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Yes, it is, because there's no wisdom in the world at all, except those of us that have Christ. Then what, Sharon, 21? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Right. Now, see, the world is foolishness, but that's the way people get to believe in the Lord is the foolishness of preaching the gospel. Verse 22. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. Verse 24. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Yes, God is the all power and all wisdom. Jesus Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. Because wisdom means, how do you get saved? How do you spend eternity in heaven? Through Christ. 
other than Christ, there is no wisdom. And other than Christ, there's no power. Because if what you know is not Christ, who is the wisdom and power of God, then you don't know anything. And it's going to show eternally because you'll be screaming your head off in hell. So Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. Now verse 25, Sharon. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Amen. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Then all men put together. Then what? Verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Verse 27. Yeah, you, you don't see any president of the United States. Once in a blue moon, you see one that really believed in the Lord, and that was Abraham Lincoln. Then what? But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak. Okay, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Well, during the 60s, uh, everybody was praying for a revival, but they didn't want it to come the way it came, in the form of a bunch of hippies, former drugged-up hippies, and here they were saved. And that confounded people that were wise because they were sitting in backslidden churches, and they weren't saved, and these people that uh, were hippies got saved. Hippies means they are hip. They were hip. But, of course, many of them gave up their wisdom and knowledge and understanding and fell away from the Lord. God, uh, Jesus said he blots their names out of the Lamb's Book of Life. They're finished. But they've been sent strong delusions to make them believe that they're okay. So God had called these foolish things of the world to confound the wise. We tried to take them to churches back then, as to myself, and they wouldn't take them. They says, look at will you please cut their hair and uh, get some nice clothes on them and tell them to take a bath, they stink. Well, I'm sure a lot of the people that were saved on the day of Pentecost were stunk and they had long hair and everything too. Susie told all the churches, if that were the problem, all we need to hire is a bunch of barbers and take them down to a clothing store and just dress them up so they look like Christians instead of being like Christians. These hippies were Christians far more than the ones that were sitting in churches. So God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound all these supposed to be wise people. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Why, Bush says, we have the mightiest army. We're over there blowing people to bits. Clinton, the same thing, bombed uh, 50 countries. And my God, we're the mighty. But no, you people are confounded. You people are condemned. Verse 28, Sharon. And base things of the world and things which are despised have God chosen. Oh, isn't that something? 
God has chosen you, goody two-shoes. He's called us a remnant of people that are base. Uh, we don't sound like Christians. We sound mad or angry. Well, if you're not angry with the devil, then you're not a Christian. The Bible says, be ye angry at the devil, but sin not. Don't you be angry at the baser things uh, of the world and the things which are despised. Because God has chosen us. Yea, and things which are not to bring to are not things that are. And things which are not. He's brought about things that are not. I was not a Christian. These hippies were not Christians. But he brought them uh, and uh, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Read those two verses again, Sharon. Verse 28. And base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. No, so, you people of the world are not, you're nothing. And God brings you to nothing to choose people like myself and other characters. God came to the decent people in the world. He came and they despised him. But then God turned to the people on the street the street people and people that were of no reputation, really. And he's called us to preach the gospel to you that are nothing, that no flesh should glory in, uh, in his presence. All right, well, we can't glory in his presence because we never thought we were anything in the first place. But we're just doing what he said, and therefore we don't uh, think of ourselves as anything except prisoners of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 30, Sharon. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Yes, of God you're in Christ Jesus. Who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness. And Jesus is made unto us. God has made him unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's Christ. Then 31, Sharon. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Yeah, I glory in that uh, Christ and him crucified. I make it my point, like Paul, to just know I don't know anything save Christ and him crucified. Now, chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. No, I, I'm just not man's wisdom, but I came with the wisdom of God, the fear of God. And I didn't come to you with excellency of speech because it's written that his speech is contemptible. It doesn't really speak as good as Hitler or Mussolini or Tojo or um, any of these pre uh, 
presidents. Of course, we know that Bush doesn't speak that good. He's a crude person and uh, not of the Lord. He says he is, but he's not. He's Catholic. Then what? Declaring unto you the testimony of God. Verse 2. For I determined not to know any... Let me just tell you what God says. He's testifying. Uh, He's giving you the testimony of God. Verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all you really need to know so far as being saved, that he was crucified for you, and uh, you're saved if you believe that, and if you continue preaching, letting him live in you to continue his incarnation here on earth. Then what? Verse 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now, there's some people that have such tremendous uh, ability to speak, Uh, especially these uh, Catholics. They speak good, but they, they don't know the Lord. But see, Paul did, and so he showed them in demonstration. So... We who really believe in the Lord, we have gifts, and we can demonstrate those gifts among you. But let them do that, the cathedral, the glass cathedral over there, and these other people that claim to know Christ. Let me see some miracles. Not uh, three-ring circus, but uh, let's see some uh, power in them. They just don't have it. But in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. When I come to you, you're going to see me raise the dead. If there's a rainstorm and it's not supposed to be, you're going to see me call on the Lord to stop the rain, and he will. Uh, If I want it to rain, I call upon the Lord, and it will rain. If I call upon the Lord, this is power, not excellency of speech. If I call upon the Lord to cause destruction to come upon you because you're doing something so evil and you won't repent, you'll see that destruction coming as you see it coming in the world today. All right? Next, Sharon. Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. No, I mean, you know, what, what good is it that they speak well? Let's see some power out of them if they have power. Let's see some gifts of God in them. They don't have it. Let's see the Pope perform some miracle. He cannot do it because he's not of the Lord. Then what? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yeah. Everybody believed in Jesus because they saw him reproduce bread and fish and raise the dead and heal everybody in town, every town he went to. Then continue on. Verse 6, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. They're going to come to nothing. Then what? Verse 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, 
even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. All right, praise the Lord. We're going to stop there. We'll continue on tomorrow. So it's not the wisdom of this world. What are you going to universities for? There's no power in that. There's no virtue of immortality in that. I'm just going to mark it here. And right now is the time for us to pray. Now, you know, you have to forget the wisdom of this world uh, if you want to have power in God. It's just that simple. Now we're going to pray, and we're going to pray, and you'll feel the power of God come down upon you when you pray. Now don't uh, turn off the radio. Just stay right here so you can feel God's power. And so you can feel his presence in you by praying this prayer. Say to the Lord, My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins, and I mean all of my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father God, uh, Holy Spirit, wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you, Jesus, shed for me on the cross at Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be heard and shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I am saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise up your hands and praise and thank the Lord. And share and tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 662. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor and Prophet Tony Alamo uh, saying tune in tomorrow for Prophecy for power of God, for a spiritual insight is how to get into the kingdom of heaven and do it on a daily basis, one day at a time. Uh, I prayed Marty Robbins to, I've told you that before, and here he is to sing for you, Almost Persuaded.
some soul to say, Go, Spirit, go thy way. Some more convenient day on thee I'll Set, set.